On today's episode, we are going to take a closer look at some forecasts for the semiconductor equipment market. To kind of help me take a closer look at this information is Billy. Good afternoon, Billy. How's it going? Good afternoon, Jose. Going well. So, Billy, I mean, thanks to you and and thanks to Nick, I really got into the semiconductor manufacturing um, equipment market. And unfortunately, it, it was, I don't know if unfortunately or fortunately, it was kind of in a rough time. Um, we see from this chart here from Semi, um, they, they, they just shared their mid-journey, mid-year uh, total equipment forecast. And 2022 was a great year for the semiconductor equipment market, roughly $107 billion spent. Um, 2021 was also another great year, Billy, at $102 billion. But unfortunately, with this kind of over inventory correction and a lot of kind of the craziness happening in the semiconductor space, a lot of companies started to slow down their equipment purchases here in 2023. Uh, so they forecast for 2023, which is roughly six more months left or so. Um, if the, comp uh, the, the equipment forecast spending would only be roughly $87 billion. Uh, so we can definitely see a, a nice pullback. But on the bright end, Billy, um, they do forecast for 2024 that things are going to pick back up and will go back to $100 billion um, spending. And I do want to say $100 billion, even though 2021 and 2022 both had over $100 billion, I think 2021 was the first year it actually reached that $100 billion uh, mark. So even though... Looking at the numbers right now, it seems like this is the average. I want to say this is a good average to be in. Um, before I get some of your thoughts, Billy, we do see that obviously the larger dollar fluctuation happens in that blue um, in that blue color field, and that's uh, wafer fabrication equipment. This is usually for the logic equipment needed for the logic and the memory market. Right, um, the memory market is the one taking a bigger hit, but we'll take a closer look at that. Um, but from 2023 to 2024, they expect the um, wafer fab equipment to be up 13%. They expect test equipment to be up 8% and they expect assembly and packaging equipment to be up 16%. Um, and, and, and to my, uh, to my surprise, Billy, I don't know why I, I would have thought because of everything happening right now with the assembling and packaging market that maybe we would have seen a little bit bigger growth in that. If we take a closer look, um, the assembly and packaging, um, it's still not going to top 2022 and it's nowhere near its peak in 2021. Um, before I go on to any of the other topics, I want to hear your thoughts here, Billy, on, on, on maybe just that on the assembly and packaging equipment or just in anything overall that we just discussed right now. Discover the world of semiconductors without getting lost in the technical jargon. My new membership offers a perfect balance for investors looking to understand this exciting market. Using my electrical engineering knowledge and experience, I will release weekly exclusive videos ranging from quick 5-minute 101s to in-depth analysis, covering not just popular chip stocks, but aiming to explore every public semiconductor. Plus, join a private community of like-minded investors. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for their subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Yeah, I mean, um, semiconductor, you know, I think the semiconductor equipment uh, sector is a really great sector. Um they tend to be high margin, highly specialized devices, and they 
tend to grow over the long term with the growth of semiconductors. In addition, as semiconductors become leading edge semiconductors become more and more challenging to produce, the capital intensity of producing those semiconductors goes up. So you not only get semiconductor growth, which is above GDP or should be above GDP, it's forecast, but you also get rising capital intensity with it and you get relatively high profit, um, high return on capital companies with it uh, that can buy back their stock and give you dividends along the way. So I love this sector. The reason that it's not quite as loved is because of charts like this. You tend to have two or three really good years and then you have a big pullback where everything goes down 30%, 40% and not many people can <laughs> handle that. But if you have faith on, you know, the forecast, their forecasts for the semiconductor industry reaching a trillion dollars by 2020, by 2030, up from somewhere, I don't know, between 500 and 600 billion today. Um, if you just hold through these cycles, I mean, if you go back and look at the performance of these stocks, they've really outperformed the market and they've even outperformed the broader tech sector over the long term. But you do have these sort of violent corrections every two to three years. You had one in end of 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. You had one uh, starting last year and going into this year. Uh, so this is not surprising. Um, eventually, uh, as long as semiconductors are in demand, that investment will follow. Um, I would say that, you know, in terms of the assembly and packaging, we are seeing a greater emphasis on that. Um, especially from the rise of advanced packaging for things like chiplets um, and uh, modern techniques. But, you know, the majority of assembly and packaging, you know, you still have these light, large legacy markets in consumer electronics, PCs and smartphones and non-AI servers, um, which are still in a downturn. Um, so remember, AI is booming but AI-related um, devices and servers are still a very small part of overall uh, chip sales and system sales. Now, that will change probably three to five years out if the growth of AI continues. But as we are now, we, you still have the giant smartphone and PC markets, which are still uh, bad. Uh, people think they're bottoming right now, which we might get to in another uh, segment. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, autos booming, AI booming, these are still relatively small parts of the business that will grow into more significant parts over time. But as of now, they are relatively small. So I'm not surprised to see assembly and test not quite getting up to the boom times of 2021 when everybody was buying a new smartphone and PC and, uh, you know, auto chip sales uh, demand was way outstripping supply. Definitely, Billy. Thank you for that. Um, a, a few other notes to to kind of mention from this forecast. They do mention that China, Taiwan, and Korea are expected to remain the top three locations where this equipment spending is being moved into. 
Um, number one, uh, for 2023, they do believe Taiwan is forecast to regain the lead. What I thought was pretty interesting is in 2024, China is projected to return to the top position. And one of the main reasons is even though we are seeing kind of this growth in advanced in advanced semiconductor solutions or advanced uh, advanced chips as well, um, we are definitely seeing a nice rise in spending on mature notes as well. Uh, so that's definitely going to help kind of China get to the top position in 2024. Um, in terms of overall um, wafer fabrication equipment, we do know that a bulk load is coming from the logic side. The logic side is expected to be a little bit more stable. Uh, the DRAM market took a huge, huge hit here in 2023, um, down roughly 28%. And the NAND market was down roughly 51% in form of, of kind of um, uh, equipment spending. Both memory markets are expected to jump up nice double digits. DRAM is expected to go up roughly 31% in 2024. And NAND is expected to jump up roughly 59% in 2024 compared to 2023. Um, so definitely, we definitely see that the memory market definitely took a huge hit. That's where a good portion of the slowdown happens. Um, and it does seem like that's where a good portion of the correction is, uh, or, or kind of this rebound is going to be coming from as well. Um, so, Billy, I do have one more slide, and maybe there might be some stocks that you can't discuss right now. But if you were to give us maybe one stock to look at in each of these, in each of these categories, assembly and packaging, test equipment, and wafer and fab, what are some that you would put on those lists, or or, or one that you would put in each of those lists um, for for maybe some of the investors that that want to just kind of learn a little bit more about these equipment companies? Yeah, it's hard to have a particular favorite um a lot of these uh segments are consolidated with a few players who sort of own their own little bit of territory um for you know front end wafer fab equipment i still like you know applied materials lamb research they offer a good combination of value and growth prospects but really all of the companies there should benefit um Assembly and packaging equipment, you know, I like Kulik and Sofa. They do have a big business in sort of the legacy uh, advanced pa uh, legacy packaging, but they do have a small and growing uh, business in advanced packaging. And I think um, the stock is very cheap because of its legacy business. But as the new newer businesses grow, that that could be a tailwind for the stock. Um, in terms of test equipment, oh, there's a bunch of them. Um, I don't have a particular favorite. There's Teradyne that I know is, is a big one. Um, there is, you, you know, if you want to play the growth of silicon carbide, there is an interesting one called Air Test Systems, which it might have doubled or tripled already this year, but it's, um, uh, definitely seems to have a good position within silicon carbide. The stock is not cheap, um, but I would keep my eye on that one if it pulls back potentially. Um, you know, uh, I, there's really no shortage of uh, opportunities. Of course, a lot of these stocks are have gone up a lot already this year um, based on anticipation of that recovery in 2024 and some of the AI stuff. So, um, not as cheap as they were, but I still think, you know, anything that's still below its 2021 highs could be could be a decent buy today if you have a long term mindset. 
Definitely. Thank you for that, Billy. And I do have one more slide to share here. Um, just kind of a, the, a, a quick look at P.E. ratio and forward one-year P.E. ratio. I have a few companies here, um, Applied, Lamb, Clack, um, clicking so far in ASML. Um, I, I do want to say one thing that's pretty interesting for a lot of these, Billy, is their PE ratio for right now, um, which is most likely kind of looking at. Oops, let me just uh, my current slide, um, which is the current PE ratio right now is looking very similar to forward one year, and it kind of just shows that hey, right now the market is still expecting. Uh, is, is expecting that downfall, right? That downfall for the next two quarters, at least here in the in the equipment market. Um, but in the forward, when things start to pick up, it should kind of show this valuations to kind of stay the same. Uh, so it kind of, it, I think this shows a really great chart of how the market, especially for semiconductor space, is very forward, forward looking um, where, hey, we know maybe the next two quarters might still be weak to some extent for, uh, for equipment companies, but in the long term of things, it, it, it seems like things are still intact. Uh, so one that I, I do believe out of this list, I only own one, and that's applied material. Um, I think the next on my list that I would I would kind of think about adding right now is Click, um, but I still haven't made the move there. Um, so Billy, I think this is a great way to kind of just end this episode. Any final thoughts on your end before I close out the topic? Um, not particularly. Um, again, I, I think this is an attractive group. Um, if you'll notice, you know, even though the stocks have gone up a lot, their multiples tend to be in line or maybe a little bit even below market averages. Um, so you do have, again, you do have these violent cycles every two to three years that you need to stomach or try to time, which is always difficult because investors in these stocks tend to look nine, nine to 12 months out, I would say, um, after all, here we are sort of near the bottom of the cycle, yet these stocks bottomed back in October. So mm -hmm. um, they can be tricky to trade. But um, in terms of long term, I, I, again, I really like these these companies. They generally have high return on capital. They each have a services business that's tied to their installed base, usually between 10 and 30 percent of their revenues. Um, so you have the cyclical hardware component and then sort of the steadier services business and a low multiple all of these companies pay a dividend and repurchase their stock uh there's a lot to like definitely thank you for that billy and i think this is a great way to end this segment